Guess what? It is time to play the Week in IndyCar guest show yet again. And who do we have? We have our pal, a man who is just throwing away business cards at a rapid rate because his job title seems to change on a yearly basis, but all in the right direction. I would, I went the opposite direction. I kept getting demoted, but this is Taylor Kyle, our man from Aaron McLaren SP. I think the last time we spoke on the show, Taylor, you were managing director now El Presidente. That's pretty darn cool, right? <laughs> well, yeah. Thanks, Marshall. Thanks for having me on. Um, as always, a lot of fun to do this, do this podcast with you. Um, yeah, I, I was a managing director last time we spoke. I, you know, the the uh, I was in charge of the the racing side of the team, um, and now I found myself in in charge of of the whole thing. So certainly, uh, the business cards are changing, um, and so is the roles and responsibilities. But but all good stuff, man. I think uh, you know it's just part of of what we're trying to do as a team. You know, unifying the the group. Um, trying to get everybody rowing in the same direction and, and trying to win some races and some championships along the way. I think by next year, your business card's just going to say double president. Uh, and then maybe <laughs> you're after triple president. So it's all really good stuff. Why don't we say thank you as always to Cooper Tires, the Justice Brothers, and TorontoMotorsports.com for taking such great care of us here on the show. And then get rolling into the questions. Some insightful, some fun uh, there's some guy who I think worked in IndyCar at some point in time who sent in a question too. We'll get we'll see if we get to that guy. Why don't we kick it off with a a trio of questions on a similar theme coming off of Monday's test at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca, where your man Pato Award doing Pato Award things right quick like a bunny, giving the team great feedback, all in a quest to improve upon fourth place overall in his debut with the team last year in the championship. Kenny Gouvreau says, hey, Taylor, congrats on the promotion. He asks, how has McLaren affected the everyday operations of an IndyCar team? Says, any of their methodology surprising you, blowing you away? Uh, and have they come around to how things work in IndyCar? Says, thanks and good luck in 2021. Hashtag we are ready. So how has this gone now? A little more than a year into this integration, Taylor, where you obviously have well-defined Sam Schmidt, Rick Peterson, uh, IndyCar team, now with uh, good friends and uh, collaborators from McLaren involved. Well, thanks for the question. It's it's certainly a loaded question, and I'll, I'll try to hit all the points. Um, it's it's going really well, I think, um, in, in a nutshell. Uh, to break it down a little bit more, you know, this is a huge, huge project we're, we're undertaking here. It's the, the partnership that we have is, is strategic across not only the, the technical side, but uh, from a commercial marketing PR um, point of view as well. So it, it is, it's, it's very collaborative and very um, embedded, so to speak, uh, to speak specifically to the, to the, to the uh, technical side and the competition side of, of the team, you know, it's, it's certainly been, been a journey um a lot of hard work um on both sides of the pond a lot of hard work from from our management team and 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 everybody involved uh, just just you know staying very focused on on the task at hand and, and and what our goals are you know our our goals are to compete 
for race wins uh, week in and week out to be a, a consistent uh, performer. You know, in the in the past we've we've been able to sneak a, a race victory here or there, but but our ambitions are are to win championships. So, um, you know, with that eye on the prize, it, it was very important that that not only we onboarded. Um, you know, all, all of the McLaren folks um, into our team, but but that we did it uh, in the right way, um, expeditiously, with with full clarity and and uh, you know, with a with an eye on the prize. I think uh, you know, to to touch on the point of is, is has there been an impact? Yes, absolutely. Um, the this this partnership is all about results um you know mclaren didn't didn't pair up with us to just go for a sunday stroll this is this is a, a this is a partnership that we're expecting results and, and we're starting to see that you know it's year one was very much about uh getting the people in place getting the processes in place um i think a, a part of that question was um referring to methodologies and and, and such we we did a full analysis and investigation into what do we do today what does what does mclaren have to offer in terms of some f1 methodologies some uh you know they're they're involved in so many different forms of motorsports that there's such a um such a deep well from which to to pull um so we we went through all of that we spent a lot of time analyzing what was good uh, what was bad uh, within our own uh, operation and what we do day to day and and um, you know if there was improvements to made to be made was was there an opportunity to pull from from that toolbox so to speak so you know year one was very much about that um, getting the people the processes the the uh, the the whole unit working well together and and, and year two is is now about uh, continuing to refine upon that, but we need to uh, we need to start cranking out some deliverables, right? So that's that's exactly what we're doing, um, and and it's it's certainly exciting the the potential uh, that lies here with with our uh, combined group is is very high, and, and and there's a lot to look forward to. So I'm I'm super excited about that, um, but but definitely. Uh, you know, kudos to, to everybody that's been involved with, with making this whole thing work and, and scoping out the program and, and deciding what direction we want to go in. You know, it's not just, it's not just me. There's a, there's a huge team of people behind all this. So, um, it's, it's, it's been a process, um, but it's been a very good one and, and something that's allowed us to, to, to dig deep into what we do on a day to day basis and, and figure out if we can be better. And, and that's, that's really what it's all about, this whole thing. So, um, Thanks for that question. I yeah. hope I answered it well. Oh, you yeah. did. Oh, yes. You know, we're going to take time after every answer to rate the quality of Taylor's answer. Perfect. Uh, Gino uh, Morales asks a similar question about integration, and I just wanted to take that in a slightly different lane. I know that plans last year in the first full season of the uh, SP and Aero uh, and McLaren collaboration was meant to have a significant McLaren engineering involvement. And I'm not saying they weren't, but just in terms of plans, it was a pretty big, good and ambitious plan. COVID hits, travel restrictions, all kinds of things derail the full realization of this 
engineering, blending. Let's talk a little bit about that side, Taylor, going into the engineering integration for 2021. You mentioned more McLaren staff getting involved can mention that, yes, while hearing English accents on an IndyCar pit lane, far from rare, I certainly heard more in uh, the Air McLaren SP portion of pit lane during Monday's test. So definitely appeared to see and hear more from that end. But uh, folks loving to comment about the aero testing being done uh, with our man Juan Montoya in the 66 Chevy. More evidence of, aha, this link with a pretty darn good Formula One team. This is maybe starting to pay dividends. You share some insights there because it sure looks like you're getting to a place of what you intended before COVID hit. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I think certainly what you saw is is a direct reflection of of kind of where we're at with the program. You know, it's like I said earlier in that last last response. We're we're ticking off test items now. We're we're starting to deliver on on some of the the parts and pieces and and things that. Um, we had on our wish list uh, to begin with, right? So I think, you know, ultimately what it's about, whether it's whether it's engineers or mechanics or people or processes or whatever, is <clears throat> is leveraging uh, the the McLaren technical resource as best we can to suit um, our IndyCar needs, right? So, um, you know, regardless of, of the the team in the UK or the team in the US, there's there's a there's there's a goal at hand and and how are we going to achieve that um you know we're, we're going to tick through um test items we're going to we're going to push each other we're going to we're going to see what the f1 team has to offer we're going to see what the indycar team has to offer we're going to see um what we can produce what we can't produce we're, we're going to analyze all those things and then that's happening right those processes are now in place those people are in place and all of that is happening so we're starting to see uh some of the fruits of of the 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 technical relationship certainly um as you would have seen in the in the arrow rakes and and other things so that's that's all good it's all the plan um everything's on time in that aspect um you know i said to you uh, <laughs> i said to you when we we're uh, trackside there in laguna that we actually just bolted those things on they're not connected to anything so it's more of just a you know mind games right but uh, that's that's certainly not the case we're we're collecting some good data we're we're doing we're doing a lot of good things. And I think that, uh, you know, what, what will come of that, it ultimately comes down to, to the people that we have and the analysis that we can do and, um, you know, how we can improve our package. And, and that's, that's what the goal is. So that's, that's what you're seeing, um, in, in real time trackside is, is us just turning over every stone and, and trying to, uh, trying to, trying to improve our package. The photos that I didn't share from Monday's test, and this was at the team's request, was yes those appear to be aero rakes what really happened it's just a bunch of socks and underwear they were trying to dry quickly and uh that was really the only purpose that they were there we're joking uh on pit lane there that yeah this is a track where you really hope they come back clean because the amount of times that unfortunately small animals have intersected with uh, race cars yeah you've kind of got the uh Stabomatic 5000 position on both sides of the car there so thankfully there was no uh, depopulation efforts taking place during Juan's runs why don't we move on to that uh, pretty kooky Colombian who I believe was making his debut 
for you guys. We have our pal Jordan Darwin and Mitsuki Matsura, uh, both asking about him. Jordan says, what were your impressions of Mr. Montoya from the test? And Mitsuki says, so we know Pato and Felix uh, have primary sponsors of Arrow and Views in their cars. He wants to know if you can let us in on a secret about who might be on the number 66 Chevy driven by Juan or when we might find out. But why don't we start with impressions about a uh, good friend of the show. Love this guy. He is going to tell you the unvarnished truth. And if you don't have your uh, big boy or big girl pants on, you might not love uh, the Juan Montoya experience. What was it like having him in the team? Well, it's great so far, you know, and I, I and I expect it to continue to be great. I think Juan uh, certainly, you know, he brings all those intangibles that you would expect and that you heard about. He's 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 a pro. He's uh, you know a veteran, of not only of IndyCar but of all all forms of racing. So he's got a lot to offer in terms of you know his feedback and his analysis of of the team and some of the processes and, and things. Um, so that's that's been really good. Um, he certainly jumped into this partnership with us um, with both feet. He's he's all in on, on what we're trying to do. Um, he's totally aligned with with our vision, which is, you know, we, we want to field a, a third car effort at the Indy 500 that can go win the race. And he's he's certainly all about that. And he's he's putting in the work uh, to to make sure that we put ourselves in the best position to do that, as is everybody on that program. Right. So. It's it's been good, you know. You hit the nail on the head. Anybody that knows Juan or has been around him, um, he he doesn't suffer fools, so to speak. So it's it's a uh, it's a great person to have in the team. Um, it's you know taking a step back. It's it's something that you know we try to within our own team. We we try to make sure that we we build and sustain a culture that allows for you know total honesty, total transparency, um, and accountability, you know, for, in, in my opinion, that's, that's what you want. If, if you're trying to, you're, you're solving problems all day, you just want to get straight to the point. You don't want to hear the fluff or beat around the bush. You just want to get to the point, identify the issue and fix it. And Juan certainly falls right in line with, with what we do, um, in a day-to-day basis. So it fits, fits like a glove with, with our team and, and, uh, kind of, kind of how we go about our business. Yeah, I uh, I just it was really cool seeing Juan there with uh, Craig Hampson, knowing that for those who love the sport like yourself, you've been involved in it since you were zero years old. You know the history. You know who's done what. It's just really cool seeing a first ballot Hall of Famer in the race engineers uh, pantheon of greats in Craig. Montoya who should be in every hall of fame related to motor racing and just crazy characters and personalities. Just cool seeing those two work together going, wow, that that's, that's some, that's some firepower right there. So happy for well, you totally. guys. Yeah, totally. And I, and I appreciate that. And I think that's something that, that, you know, often goes, uh, overlooked when you, when you, me specifically, right. And some of the people that, that, that we work with, you're just in it day to day. So you don't really consider those moments or, or, uh, you know, the, the, the opportunities that we get sometimes in the sport, but certainly, you know, for, for us, we're, we're very lucky to have, um, you know, Craig and Juan. And I, I think it's, it's a very robust package and group and everybody that's working on that program is, is full time with us. You know, there's not, uh, you know, as, as you would typically see with a one-off effort, you know, there's not a bunch of, 
contractors or people that aren't aren't embedded with your program, we, we we take it very seriously. So we're we're super excited. Obviously, very lucky to have the talent that we do, and I'm looking for looking for big things with that group. Why don't we go to uh, Mitsuki's question? Obviously, we're not expecting you to reveal sponsors on my dumb podcast, but uh, when <laughs> might fans of Juan Montoya and Aaron McLaren SP and that '66 Chevy? Uh, when might they uh, get a peek as to uh, uh, those who will be supporting the car on the vehicle with sponsorship? Yes. So you're totally right. Not going to spill the beans yet, but there's, there's, there's plans in the works to get all that out sooner than later. I think we want to get, you know, our, our, our partners out there. We want to, we want to get the livery out there. We want to do all those things uh, sooner than later. So, I'd be on the lookout on, on the socials and, um, you know, just be ready for it sooner than later. I, th- I, I think that, uh, well, I know that all of that is, is in process and we've, we've got a really cool, um, really cool way of going about stuff like that. I think we, we, uh, we do a really good job there. So our, our group's working hard to try to make sure that there's some impact there and that, uh, you know, we've, we've got an opportunity to, to get as many eyeballs on it as possible. So when that time's right, then we'll, we'll drop it and hopefully everybody likes it. Speaking of liveries, I know I shared this with you on pit lane, fun seeing Pato, uh, you know, standing around before going out for the first session Monday morning. Uh, he's obviously a proud puppy with the livery reveal, his car under the beautiful blue sky, shining sun, Felix Rosenquist car directly behind him. And Pato was like, hey, what do you think? You know, looking at the car and the colors and whatnot. You know, you try and be honest. You go, man, I totally agree. Felix Carr, man, that blue is amazing. He didn't necessarily like the answer. He thought he didn't think he was going to get that answer. But I'm not saying that the uh, number five Aero Chevy isn't a beautiful thing. I'm just saying the number seven View Chevy is a quadruple beautiful thing. Uh, yeah, you're going to have one to top there with the, uh, 66 car for sure. If, uh, you can do that, but, um, yeah, pretty, uh, pretty cool to see, uh, the evolution from year to year there. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, I, I said it to a, a small group when, when we, when we launched delivery, you know, it, it's, it really says a lot about the, the work that commercial group is doing. Um, you know, the, the liveries, I feel like that we, we, well, we, we put a ton of effort and, and time into just evolving these things, right? It's, it's, we have enough changeover in, in the racing paddock year to year anyway. So we're trying to build a bit of, you know, uh, brand equity. We want our, we want our cars to look like our cars and for people to show up at the racetrack after having an off season and, and be able to, uh, be able to identify with with what we're trying to do so yeah there there's a few changes but by and large i think that everybody knows uh what the arrow mclaren sp cars look like and um i certainly think that they're uh they're the best looking cars in the field um i guess we'll let the fans decide that on a, on a bigger level but uh I, I i was all jacked up on our on our livery reveal i think our partners were were super excited you know i, I just think that there's it sets the tone for the year um when your cars look good um, you feel good and, and, you know, usually when you, when you look good and you feel good, you, you do good too. Right. So I think it's, uh, those, those kind of all work together. So super proud of all the work that everybody's done on that side of the deal. And, um, 
you know, like I said, it, it's, it sets the tone for the season, no doubt. And I think that we're off to a pretty good start. Going to go absolutely into left field here. And the next question comes in from Philip Gaynor. He says, not so much of a question per se, but a suggestion. He says, I think it'd be cool to have Taylor and his wife, Katie Kyle, on the show together sometime. Asks me, have ever had a racing couple on your show uh, at the same time? I think it'd be really cool and a really unique listen. What do you think? Uh, knowing, I mean, your your wife, IndyCar reporter, many folks know, broadcaster. It's a highly competitive uh, person right there. Um, what do you think? Should we do a show with the two of you? And uh, are you afraid she might end up uh, holding the, uh, the P1 trophy at the end of that uh, interview? <laughs> Well, look, I, first of all, I'd love to do it. I think that is a great idea. Second of all, there's no doubt in my mind she would totally outclass me. Um, <laughs> so I, I think what you'd find is that at the backside of that interview, nobody would care if I ever did another podcast, and you'd probably invite, be inviting her on uh, weekly. So I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Um, maybe I shouldn't shouldn't be, though, right, because she, she's just going to crush me. But um no, I, I, that'd be great. Katie Kyle named president of Air McLaren SP after husband's <laughs> epic failure in interview. Uh, there you go. Let's go to uh, Ryan T. I hope I'm pronouncing your last name correctly, but if not, Ryan, it's not a surprise. I uh, says, as a fellow IU grad, I'm curious how you got into IndyCar out of IU. Um, he says, which is no engineering school, unlike Purdue. At first, I was like, boy, you were aiming low here, but okay, now I understand the context, Ryan. He says, also, I saw somewhere that you played football at IU. Can you tell us about that and playing for coach uh, Terry Hepner, as it looks like you were there around that time. Lastly, where do you think Pato gets that first career win at? He says, my money is on St. Pete. Well, man, that's a... That's a long one. First of all, I think, uh, you know, the, my, my path to racing has nothing to do with what, what schools I, I went to. I knew that I wanted to be in racing, whether I went to IU or Ivy Tech or Harvard or whatever, it didn't matter. So it was kind of a means to an end for me. Um, yes, definitely not the engineering prowess of a Purdue, but I, I also didn't go to school. Uh, as an engineer either I, I went and focused on on business and, and studies in and around that so um it, it it really was um you know the the expectation was was that i had to go to college i wanted to go to college i went to college so uh, that was all good and well but my focus was totally on um getting into racing and and what i wanted to do once i got there i wasn't quite sure you know i think that in the beginning you know, it's, it's like, okay, I want to be a driver. Well, after you pass like six, seven, eight years old and you're not doing that yet, you got to <laughs> figure something else out. Right. So yeah. I, I, I certainly didn't get a go-kart for Christmas when I asked for one or anything else. So my driving dreams uh, disappeared pretty quick. So then it's, you know, for those that know me and know my story, I, I had a pretty clear line of sight to the, the race team management point of view. And I think that I, I narrowed in on that pretty quickly. I, uh, you know, admittedly wasn't a math wizard. I could get by, um, but I, I wasn't a, a super strong in, in, in the math area. So engineering for me wasn't something that just knocked my socks off. 
per se. So I, I, I kind of zeroed in on the, on the business side of things. Um, I love working with my hands. I, I enjoy hard work. Um, you know, so, so my foot in the door and, and racing was, uh, Sam Schmidt's Indy lights operation was expanding and there was an opportunity for me there. And, and I, I, I went for it. So that's, you know, the rest is kind of history from there, but, um, the, the hard work piece, the discipline, all of those things, those came from football, no doubt in my mind, right? That's the, the ability to operate within a team, um, to have goals that are bigger than yourself personally. Um, all of those things, um, both at Ben Davis High School, where I went to high school and played football, and, and IU as well, um, th- those were staples of, of the culture and, and the way you, you go about your business. Not to mention the the people that uh, you get to be around or be coached by or or whatever. Um, I, I was very very lucky to have uh, world class people around me my entire sports and educational journey. I mean, I my high school football coach was a guy by the name of Dick Dolahan. That's you know one more state championships and than anybody in the state of Indiana. He retired and was replaced by a guy named Tom Allen, who's now the head football coach at Indiana University. Um, he's doing some really great things down there. Um, you know, I, I, I still consider him uh, one of my greatest mentors and, and certainly uh, one of the best people people uh, that I know. So I, I've been extremely blessed, super lucky uh, to be um, impacted so greatly by such good people. Um, and that's, that for me has been a, a huge part of my journey and, and certainly has, has been, um, a, a part of my, my success, so to speak. So, um, that, that whole thing, you know, both going to IU, um, playing sports, all of those, um, experiences certainly shaped my life and, and how I, how I operate, which, you know, ultimately got me to where I'm at now. So it's, it's a, quite the journey, but I, I kind of knew where I wanted to be and where I was headed from, from day one. So wasn't, uh, wasn't too much of a surprise for me, honestly. And where does our man Patricio award, where does he get his first win this year? What do you think? Uh, and there's someone else that asked a question of knowing you guys are encroaching upon, if not seeming like you're going to either become part of the big three displace one of the big three or expand it to the big four. Uh, what level of disappointment would there be without a first win for Pato this year? I mean, it feels like if he doesn't have two or three, it's going to be strange, but where do you think he wins first? And what if he doesn't? Yeah. I mean, man, I've, I've been around this deal long enough to know that you, you try not to count your, uh, eggs before they're hatched. I, I, uh, I have no idea when the first one will be, or if it will be, those, those are obviously, uh, questions that I just can't answer now. But what I can't answer is, is, uh, or what I can tell you is that we're all working very hard to make it happen. I think that, you know, it's, it's, it's a daily grind, uh, and a strive for, for daily improvement. And I, I see that within our team. Um, I see the confidence rising based off of what we were able to accomplish last year as a group. Um, and, and I see an absolute laser focus in, in Pato and Felix both, um, to get the job done. So I, I've got no, um, 
no concerns with our ability to compete. Um, but as you know, I mean, the IndyCar series is difficult, man. It's, it's very, very hard. And you have to be, um, you have to execute it at, at an extremely high level uh, day in and day out to, to see the results that you've seen over the past um, couple of decades from, from the, the Penske's and the, and the Ganassi's and the Andretti's. So um, that's, that's not foreign to me. I've, I've seen that my whole career, um, but it, 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 it gives you a greater appreciation for, for what it takes to go win. So it's, it's easy to, you know, from a, from a, a, a fan point of view um, to, to ask those questions. But for me, it's, it's very difficult to be able to answer. I'd love to be able to tell you, Hey, we're going to win a barber and we're going to win every single race till the end of the year. Um, but that's just, that's not the case. Uh, what I can do is, is, you know, let everybody know that, that we're, we're grinding hard and, and we're going to uh, do everything that we can to put ourselves in those positions. And the, the final piece of that puzzle is the driver's, um, you know, having the confidence and the, and the, uh, the desire to, to achieve the same results. And I've, I've got no doubts that, that we have that. So I'm, I'm, you know, optimistic about our prospects, but uh, certainly um, the proof will be in the pudding and, and uh, we'll have our first opportunity in, in Barber in April. So um, can't come soon enough. Well, I'll send you one of the old forms I still have back from when I was uh, on the either engineering or managerial level, uh, in IndyCar 20 plus years ago, I'll send you the form. You just write in which ones you want to win and you submit that to IndyCar by the <laughs> deadline and you're good to go. So, uh, oh, um, I wish somebody would have told me that. See, earlier. there's levels to this man. There's levels. Why don't we, uh, stay with Pato for just a sec. And, uh, yep. maybe this is the engineering mind coming in here. Curious if you can share some insights talking about engineering off-season developments and such we're looking at closing 2020 carrying over one of the drivers that being pato felix rosenquist coming in we know he's a badass but not someone you've had a chance to work with for a you know for any period of time to know his driving sensibilities and needs how does a team like yours go into the off-season say hey or engineers, bunch of ideas, bunch of things they want to try. How do you do that with a new driver coming in who you're not sure if maybe some of the development areas you're going in, maybe things that your uh, young gun and Pato, front-running driver and Pato, would like, would fit his driving style, allow him to go faster, get those wins we spoke about. How do you go about this process, Taylor, where in theory – you could maybe do some things and try some things and develop some things that uh, would be fantastic for Pato, but you don't know if they would necessarily suit the new guy coming in. Yeah, it's a great question. I think, uh, you know, for us, one, one thing that, that we were very, uh, you know, happy about was uh, we had the ability to test, um, Pato and Felix together and Barber, like in November or so, I can't remember what the date was, but pretty early on in the off season. Um, with, with the purpose being, Hey, we want to see how similar or how different these guys are. Um, right. So what, what that allowed us to do is we, we, we still continued on um, a path in parallel, you know, developing the, there's things 
on the race car that you can just you're constantly developing whether it's how to make your 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 uh speedway package better or your road course package how to maximize brakes or drag or any of these things that it's driver aside you can continue to work on those uh year round so those things were continuing to happen but what we were able to do is is get felix in one of our cars um early in the off season to help guide some of those decisions you know so when we got done with that test and we, we spent a few days analyzing it and pulling bits and pieces out, and, you know, you couple that with, with Felix's feedback, then that, that really sharpens our focus and what we need to, what we need to accomplish for the remainder of the off season. So, um, you know, certainly in an off season where we don't, we're not onboarding a new driver. Yeah. You're able to get started on those things a little bit sooner, but I think our group uh, planned well. Um, we took advantage of the opportunity uh, to test Felix early. Um, and that, and that gave us a lot of time to, to be able to identify what, what, uh, what works for him and, and how that differentiates itself from, uh, you know, what works for Pato. So I'm, I'm happy with where we're at. Both of those guys are, are certainly their own drivers, but their styles aren't, aren't, uh, miles apart. And it gives us, you know, um, we've, we've got a good pairing with these guys. They're, they're both, um, you know, the way they go about things mentally, uh, physically, um, and, and their feedback, um, how they interact with the, with the team members. It's all, uh, it's all top shelf. So, um, you, you couple with that with, you know, our engineers working very hard to, to extract the most out of both of them. And, and I, I couldn't be more excited uh, about a pair of drivers, um, certainly in our history. So, um, that's, that's really how we went about it. Um, and I think it's it's put us in a pretty good spot. You know, we went to we went to Laguna here, and uh, just just we were able to just get on with stuff. And and you know the the setups were um, a little bit different from car to car, but it's it's we're getting closer to what what Felix wants, and and we're zeroing in uh, to make a better package for Pato as well. So it's it's all complimentary. None of it is um, in spite or in lieu of anything else. Um, we're able to to, to do all of those things, uh, given our current construct. So, um, it's, it's made our package stronger. There's no doubt. You actually have this <clears throat> pretty amazing trio of drivers with phenomenal hands and hand speed and the, uh, their levels to this as well. But among drivers in IndyCar right now, Pato, which we saw back in Indy Lights and Star Mazda before that. Holy cow, that car dances when he is strapped in, right? He uh he is always doing something with the vehicle to make you stand up and notice, and it produces speed. So it's amazing. But he's not one of those, oh, I didn't really notice him. No. And I'm not saying big grandiose slides or anything like that, but just Man, he is aggressive on the steering wheel. He is controlling that thing at a crazy rate of speed. Scott Dixon, same exact uh, thing for him. Felix, same thing. Man, uh, he is really fun to watch because he is so aggressive in the car. And then you have Montoya, who's pretty much the, the world champion at how did you hold on to that? How did you do that? That makes no sense. Anyone else, the car would have been in the wall, but you were getting, you know, 
pole speed out of it or did 80 laps and won the race that also has to be pretty cool just from a fanboy standpoint of oh yeah these guys aren't making their speed quietly and in a demure way for those who know what they're looking for and it happens in a blink of an eye in a corner in a wherever you've got three just phenomenal talents that share a fairly similar capability to uh, kind of balance a car in a high wire act and make crazy speed so uh, i'll have to go back and think about that taylor of driver combos or trios where you go wow usually one of them stands out as being the understeer guy uh you don't have an understeer guy in your staple in 2021 no not at the moment i think uh you know what what we get out of pato and felix and and certainly juan is a, a group of drivers that's going to drive the car at its absolute limit all the time you know so that is such a luxury for our engineering group to know that to to never have to worry about whether or not the car is at its limit or not right so you can make changes knowing full well uh the, you have all the information uh, to make those changes when, when the car is being driven in that way. So um, it's, it's, it's very impressive to see. It's impressive to watch, um, but it's even more impressive, uh, you know, to, to sit back in the, in the debriefs and, and to work through uh, some of the problems and to look at the onboard footage and to look at the, you know, the, the, the telemetry and the, and the data and the steering traces. I mean, all of that is, is super impressive. Um, but ultimately what it, what it does for us is it allows us to make, uh, you know, very sound decisions because you know exactly what the car is doing at its limit. You don't have to worry about, you know, were, were we, were we at 80% there? Were we at 90%? Uh, was that like, was that qualifying effort? Uh, there's, there's none of those questions. It's, it's a hundred percent all the time. Um, and it, and it gives our group a lot of confidence, you know, just a, a quick story on the, on the hand speed thing at, uh, at Laguna, we were, we were, uh, going through, uh, some data and some video footage, um, at lunchtime and, you know, Pato had complained about, uh, a loose rear on exit on one of the higher speed corners. And he's like, man, if you guys could go back to like the second lap of my second outing, I bet it looks pretty impressive. So sure enough, our engineers went back and they dug it up and, you know, I don't know what frame rate our onboard camera is, but he makes a correction um, that the, 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 the camera doesn't even pick up. You know, you start to see the hand go down and then by the next frame, he's already back uh, where he was. And we, we overlaid that data with the, with the steering angle the steering pot steering angle sensor and and he made like a full 90 degree correction that the camera couldn't even uh, pick up right so when you when you start to consider that it's super impressive right but uh that's that's what we have in, in all of our guys i think there's there's no shortage of talent there no doubt i love it all right we're going to get to the last question or two here for you the first one from our pal tim falkowitz says taylor great to have you back on the show says, I've always wondered how long it takes after the race to pack up and how long after the checkered flag before you actually leave the track. He says, what's typical Sunday like for the team after the checkered flag waves to getting out the door and driving away? 
Man, what a good question. You know, this is this is one of those things people don't realize all the all the other stuff that we do outside of just um, you know driving race cars around. It's for a ballpark number. It's it's probably two hours um, to either unload or load. Um, you know, when when we start a weekend, you've your whole kit, everything you own is is in is in these transporters that you see that are that are parked at the racetrack. So all our guys have to they got to come in early, they got to unload it, get everything set up. Um, you know, for lack of a better term, we have blueprints for every every racetrack that we go. So um, everybody knows where where stuff goes and where it lives and um, why it's out. But yeah, we we unpack everything. It takes about two hours, um, and then uh, as soon as the race is over. Um, we're tearing tents down. We're we're stripping uh, parts off of cars. We're we're loading up uh, pit equipment. All the stuff that um, you know we we do it week in and week out. So it's 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 again about two hours. And then you know the really fun part is once you've busted your butt after working all day, um, you know you get the checkered flag. You've already been at the racetrack for eight, nine, ten hours. Then you 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 bust your butt to to pack up quickly because your plane's leaving. Um, and then everybody in the paddock that's on like a charter or whatever uh, goes straight to the airport and gets on the same plane together. So it's usually pretty hot and sweaty and smells awesome. Um, but it's it's you know the 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 perks of of the traveling circus, so to speak. Yeah, Tim, and there's some fun stuff here too. When uh, luckily this is our sports car show, our IndyCar show. Talk about sports cars. Yes, I can tell you the gift, the reward of getting to do a ton of manual labor after completing a 12 hour, 24 hour race. Uh, Oh, that's a, that's a delight. There are a couple other fun things here too, Tim, just to share. So a lot of the speed in which one needs to uh, break everything down and put everything away can be dictated by flight and travel times, right? If it's a tight window, uh, yeah, there is certainly no taking it easy and farting around, but you'll there are some time stretches that happen if you've won the race obviously well Mm -hmm. hopefully you'll be in victory lane you'll be celebrating that can add a little bit of time taylor as you know when you have just had one of the god what did i do to anger you type days where everything (laughs) goes wrong um it's not that you necessarily work slower but there there might not be the same pep uh you might be waiting for a car to come back or having to chase down whether it's you know a a front wing or something that you know was shed off the car somewhere that can add some time to a finishing up then there's the flip side which is also cool and i know you guys do this and most teams do this as well uh whether it's getting towards the end of the race or say the end of the test on monday you know that okay we bring a lot of stuff to pit lane but there's some items that you would say are non-essential and, you know, for someone who's trying to get out quickly or, you know, has that flight looming in a couple of hours, you'll start to see, and this is something for fans to watch maybe, you start to see some crew members, probably not the over-the-wall crew members, start to pick up or wheel some things away. So while the race is going on or while the test is in its final, you know, half hour, 20 minutes, 15 minutes, you'll see that process can often start then. Uh, teams might even put down their awning if we're at an event where you're out instead of in a garage and take that down to save that time from having to do that after the race. So always looking for those little efficiencies. And I'm sure that's something each year, Taylor, you're looking at. And, 
uh, your, you know, the managers that you work with uh, on the shop floor looking at of, Hey, where can we save five or 10 or 15 minutes? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, it's huge. It's, I, I would argue that it's, it's on track performance. You know, the, any time that you can save, um, where guys aren't operating at a hundred percent, you know, it's, it's good for everybody. You know, we've, we've got, we've got a guy on, on staff whose, whose job is to, uh, you know, in, increase those operational efficiencies, whether it's uh, set up or tear down, whether it's uh, travel, uh, lodging, airfare, what, whatever it might be, the, the operations of our team is, is just as important as the engineering or just as important as uh, the drivers. I mean, it's we're, at Laguna Seca, for instance, we moved uh, 60 people um, from Indianapolis to Laguna and back and three transporters fully loaded. Um, it's a lot of moving parts, right? So being able to, uh, you know, being able to, to identify best practices and the best way of going about things, um, you know, ultimately if that saves you some time, uh, if that saves you some money, if that saves you, um, if that saves you anything, um, it, it translates to, to on-track success. So that's, it's an important thing for us as it is with, with most or all teams in the paddock. Going to close here. Final question. Save this. Some guy again. I don't even know if he's still an IndyCar anymore, but maybe. Uh, some dude named Ben Bretzman. Don't know if you've heard of him. Uh, said he's first-time caller. Wants to know if you had to pick your favorite trip to Victory Lane, Taylor, what would it have been? <laughs> Says asking for a friend. Oh, man. I know. Well, I feel like he's baiting me. Yeah, I know. Um I'm actually going to go with, uh, with Iowa. Um, our, our last win as, as a team, it was my first, it was my first win, um, as a strategist on, on the car. And, and, you know, that was pretty special. Um, but you know, just to appease Ben. Yes. Former, former, uh, member of the, uh, Schmidt team race engineer with Simon Pagano, uh, now kidding aside, with team Penske. I don't know. He did something, won some 500 mile race somewhere. I don't know. I might, you might've heard about that. Maybe a championship yeah. with that French guy, but yes. Uh, one of your former colleagues. Yeah. I, I, so my favorite race victory in the, the Ben Bretzman, Simon Pagano era would definitely be the inaugural, um, NDGP, um, for a lot of reasons. Uh, the least of which being, I was changing a tire on that car at the time and coming into our last pit stop, I was like 95% sure that I didn't get the wheel nut tightened. So I was, uh, I was freaking out that I just lost, you know, the race for our team and how was I going to explain this and blah, blah, blah. Well, it turns out that that wasn't the case. I, I did fine. And, um, you know, we went on to, we went on to win the, win the first road course race there. So that was super special. Um, it was, that was one of those total team victories. You know, we unloaded fast. I'm, I'm not sure, you know, I'm tooting Ben's horn here a little bit, but, uh, I'm not sure we made a setup change on that car all weekend. If I remember correctly, the thing was just, it was dialed in. Um, and you know, the, the race, the race was, you know, fairly eventful throughout, but what I do remember is obviously that pit stop, but that last stint was a huge fuel save, um, for everybody. And, uh, there was a couple different strategies there. Um, I think Hunter Ray and, and Servio were, 
we're kind of on a different program and it was, it was, it was all going to come down to the wire and, and everything worked out. So it was, it was one of those really cool um, team victories, but also at that time, you know, we, we weren't expected to do much. We were, we were certainly punching above our weight uh, for quite some time. And, and that year was no different. And um, we, we just had a great group. I, I just remember the, the people um, most of all. And, and uh, you know, that's, that's, that's certainly what makes this journey so sweet, but what, what keeps these memories alive in my mind is, yeah, we got a trophy and you know, that trophy sits in my office. I get to see it every day, but, but ultimately it's the, it's the conversations and the people and, and, you know, Ben, Ben certainly has a, has a place in the history of, of, of Aero McLaren SP and, and is certainly a part of a lot of, a lot of really good memories. So um, same with Simon, uh, certainly. So um, I would say in the, in the, the Pagano Bretzman era, that, that was certainly my favorite. I'm hoping that wheel nut is sitting on top of that trophy as well, by the way, that'd be, uh, it's, it's man, that's, those things are expensive, man. I, yeah. I can't just be stealing wheel nuts for my own personal collection. <laughs> well, if you did, you could just take yourself to HR and reprimand yourself and then get back there to work. Go. So there you go. Taylor, Kyle, thanks for taking some time, brother. Always appreciate when you do. And I know folks that enjoy hearing from you on the operational side, running an IndyCar team, uh, always great insights here. So, I uh, look forward to our next opportunity to have you back. Well, cool, man. I, I certainly appreciate you having me on, and I'm happy to happy to hop back on when it, whenever you want me. So, thanks, thanks, uh, thanks for doing this. Thanks to the fans for sending the questions. And I, uh, one request from you: as soon as you bring Bretzman onto this deal, you let me know because I got a couple questions for him too. We are gonna light his lanky Floridian <laughs> behind up. There you go.